Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I am your host, Adam Glass, and with me this week, host of the Scene on Screen podcast, Sean Robinson. Hey, what's up? Oh, I'm excited, buddy. Oh, man, I've been fired up for this one all weekend. This is going to be a long one, I feel like. There's a lot to go through. Yeah, get a, get get your brain scratchers ready, because some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are only possible in fantasy hockey. And oh. and I guess to a lesser degree, the NHL, which also has weird things happen in it. Yeah, weird things. Um, okay, before we get into the, all the hockey stuff, I have a weird thing that I wanted to talk to you about to start off the show. Oh, God, he did not hockey related. Oh, boy. Okay, not it's yep. not weird that way. It's just non-hockey. So I did something that I didn't think I would ever do, and I'm liking it to the point where I've kept watching it. You're watching The Last of Us. No, no, won't do it. No, not interested. Um, you're watching The Mandalorian. No, but it's related to The Mandalorian. You're watching Bad Batch. No, but it's earlier than that. You're watching Andor. No, earlier than that. You're watching Clone Wars? Yes. I'm only like five seasons in and like, I, I it's a good passive show. I know like, I'm now at the part the part of the show where Bad Batch is actually kind of applicable, so I'm excited to keep watching. So I watched obviously the first episode of Mando when it came out right away, um, and whatever enjoyed myself. Though it seems like Grogu is getting turned into like, oh, this could be a meme. <laughs> I haven't watched yet, so. Um, but <clears throat> so that led me obviously to want more Star Wars stuff, and the only Star Wars stuff. Like, I can't rewatch the movies, and I really only like, like, four of them. So, five of them, I guess. Um, so, that's just not worth it. So, I had never watched The Clone Wars, and I'd heard nothing but good things. Usually not a big animated person guy, but I just need something every day to watch while I'm eating um, that's not super intense or have to pay attention to. And I'm actually, honestly, like, kind of enjoying it. Like, it's I've, I've kept watching it, um, usually an episode or two a day. If I have time and it's been fine, like it's it feels like an old cartoon like back in the day, but a lot, I guess it's pretty violent. <laughs> I've, I've noticed that's kind of thrown me off is some of the violence has been kind of not like blood wise, but just like everybody dies. Yeah, it's a it's a very good um, passive show. And what I mean by that is you just you don't have to fully pay attention, but the stories are chronological, which makes it nice. So you just like you could pick up kind of where you left off, but it also follows Star Wars lore. So it's really it's a fun watch. It's it's better than most cartoons. Yeah, and if anybody I don't know really cares, it basically chronologically takes place after the Clone Wars movie, but before what is it, Rise of the Sith? Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge it's of the Sith. It's actually funny because the Bad Batch, the first scene of the first episode happens as Order sixty six goes down. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I was gonna watch Bad Batch, and I was like, well, I know Clone Wars is like earlier, so I'll watch that first, and then I guess I'll watch Bad Batch. Is Bad Batch good? I've only watched the first episode because I wanted oh. to finish Clone Wars. I've just right. I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff. How many seasons of Clone Wars are there? I didn't look. I want to say seven. Oh, I'm glad it's only a half hour long show. Yeah. If it was 45 minutes, I don't know if I'd do it. It's a good show though. It's fun. It is, honestly. Yeah. It's like Jar Jar is a little over the top um, with how much of an idiot he is, but whatever. It's a little more tolerable than he was in the movies, I guess. 
fair. Uh, okay, fantasy hockey. Um, I usually start with the big pool, but since Sean's here, I'm going to mix it up a bit and get through my two pools that Sean isn't in so we can talk about the one we're in together. Uh, we'll start off with the points pool. I pulled off a victory over the last place team, but if you look at everybody's scores for the week of all the other teams, I could have only beat one other team. So not a That's good week. Crazy. Not a good week. I just happened to schedule out, I guess you could say. I'm officially 500 uh, in that pool, and I have now... Um, Tyler has me by 2.1 total fantasy points in the tiebreaker right now or i'd be in fourth oh wow so but as of right now if the, if the standings end up the way they are me and tyler will face each other in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> now that'd be a podcast i'd want to listen to which given how the tiebreakers are all breaking down and everybody's records that is almost assured right now that's awesome um so that'll be interesting there'll be a lot of shit talking going back and forth i'm sure uh, when that's uh, happening, you do an auction? Uh, not good. No, it's bad. Another wasted season. Uh, 7-2 loss that puts me in closer to last than a playoff spot now. Um, so for the third year in a row, I will be missing the playoffs in the auction pool, which is and just so sad. Because it's auction, there's no chance of Bedard unless everybody gets a chance of Bedard, right? No, so in this pool, that it sounds, I think the teams that miss play off, and then winner gets first overall. Which, if it's an auction, doesn't matter, right? You just get to nominate the player first. So you get, there's, I forget how it works completely, which is hilarious because I'm in the pool. But basically, you get first crack at signing him. But if you sign him, it's like an escalator contract. So it's like, I think it's like $5 the first year, $10 the second year, 15 the third, and then 20 the fourth or something like that. And you can only sign to a four-year deal. So I don't actually know, since we've been in that pool, I'm pretty sure that not a single draft pick. Oh, I think Slavkovsky maybe got signed last year. Oh, so like, it just, it's it's a different for, type of rule. That's yeah, cool. it's a different, it's a different, totally different, like, I don't know, a contract system if you're if you're getting one of those draft picks in out, out of a bottom team, I just, I've never cared any of the years I have missed the playoffs about who was going in those top prospect spots. So I just didn't pay attention this year. I do care. Like if I get that first overall pick, I will be signing Bedard for four years. Sounds good. Uh, okay. So the big pool last one, I will guess I will go first. Uh, I pulled off a victory. 6-4 over the ninth place team. I am now fifth. Uh, I am in a playoff spot. If I blow my last two weeks, I could definitely still miss the playoffs, but it's looking a little less likely now, which is at least a little bit of weight off my shoulders. Uh, Sean, how did you do? I'm sure you just tore it up last week. I got lucky and I lost. I, As you know, I've been on a little bit of a heater, keeping me within that... Uh, just out of the bottom five but just out of the top 10 so i've been like a pretender all season but like i've also been going through an an insane rebuild or i guess this would be a transitional year for me i lost eight two and i'm perfectly fine with it i'm sitting in 13th i hope the winds blow my way and i can maybe drop to 14th or 15th but i'm an honorable man and i will dress my team so I know we're not to the big pool trade portion of the podcast yet, but just for funsies, 
How many first round picks did you end up with? I think I only have four. Four? I, I flipped one, and then I was I tried so yeah. I have four firsts, two seconds, one third, two fifths, and a seventh, which I will probably flip at the draft. Wow, I. Somehow ended up keeping my first and second, shockingly. Um, and I'm not that sad about it, given how many teams loaded up. Like, you're going to get some... If you make some decent picks in those four first-rounders, you're going to... Like, you'll get at least two keepers out of that minimum, probably. Yeah, I think... So, last year... So, like, I've been in the pool for three years. And I I maintain to this day, and, like, Craig and I always, like, laugh about it and joke about it. But... Because the way we did the the entry draft for the three expansion teams, the person who got to pick second got fucked because it was a snake draft. So it'd be yeah. one, two, three, four, five, or so it'd be one, two, three, three, two, one, right? Yeah. So like my team was by far the weakest of the two, or out of the three, because I didn't get to double up on picks, and like I I. Aside from my first pick, all my other picks sucked, right? So I didn't really have a lot with that. And then I moved a bunch of my, like, middling players after, I, I like, I selected my team of keepers for, like, Kucherov. And then last year, I got a bounty for Kucherov. I got, like, four, I think it was three assets and a first. And then this year, I actually started off hot. And my team got hurt. So I made a decision very early on in the season when Barkov went down. That I was like, okay, I'm going to sell some pieces. And I had good goaltending. I had this, that, and the other thing. I had PLD who was playing hot. Everything was looking, everything was coming up Millhouse. I was in the top eight for a while. And then I just slowly fell out. And my team couldn't score. This, that, and the other thing. So midway through the season, I was like, you know what? I've got to be pretty close to, if I make some moves now, get some better keepers, I'll be better off for next year. And then I'm pretty sure when we're done the whole trade thing, if I go through my team, my team's a lot better off. You made some very shrewd moves, I will say. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've got some keepers now. <laughs> but um, if you want my poop pooper top performers for this week, because I know you have a schedule that we're supposed to kind of follow. <laughs> um, I've got my top performers, Clayton Keller. Uh, goal, three assists, four points, dash two, one power play point, 11 shots on goal, and one hit. Who is he? Pierre Ingval? Jesus. And my doo-doo-doo-doo performer was actually Jordan Cairo. Uh, five shots on goal and a dash four. That doesn't help me at all. That's tough. Uh, my poo-poo performer is uh, Phoenix Copley because he had two wins but put up a 338 and an 865, which is not helping in a categories pool. Yo, that is a big boy. I stood near him when I was at a game in the, in December. Holy shit. He is a big boy. He's a tall. He He's a man. He's going to be a very good goalie for, for that reason alone. Think Brian Elliott with better athleticism and a little more height. Uh, all right. And my super duper star is Mr. Tyler Sagan, who had two goals, three assists, power play point, two shorthanded points, which is huge in the points pool, 11 shots on goal, 29 face-off wins, 
three hits and two blocks. Kind of filled everything there, except he didn't have a game-winning goal. That's the only thing he didn't put a point into. Uh, he was my overall leader last week in the points pool for total fantasy points, and he had been an absolute tire fire for a while. So a certain trade that we're going to be going to getting to shortly, well, not shortly, but after the freaking flux of trades from the big pool, uh, we'll see why Dallas has suddenly started scoring like crazy. Yeah, so here's how we're going to go, uh, how this is going to go down. For the T-Berg pool that you all listen to this for, and we know you love it because you keep coming back, uh, we are just going to talk about the trade really quickly. Um, if Adam has anything that he wants to say about it or I want to complain, we have a, a quick, we're, we're only going to spend a minute per trade type of thing, and then we're going to declare a winner or loser straight up. Cool? I'm cool with that. I'm glad you're the only person who's supposed to agree. We're co-hosting the <laughs> show now. It's pretty sweet. So without further ado, let's talk about that McDavid trade again. Just kidding. However, many of the pieces from that McDavid trade have already been moved on both sides of the fence, which is hilarious. So after the McDavid trade, uh, Winged Wheel was like, I'm thirsty for more. And he picked up Ryan O'Reilly moments, I mean, a day after Toronto picked him up. So it was Ryan O'Reilly in a sixth for Pierre Ingval in a fourth. That's some tidy work by the Warriors. I think the Warriors could have got a little bit more out of it. Maybe a, a little bit of a higher pick. Considering uh, Engvall's already on waivers. I don't think there was a market because he asked me and I think he asked you and neither of us were interested. So I said I wasn't going to pay more than a fourth. So I wasn't I wasn't interested in getting it all. So yeah. I think so, the market was probably pretty small. Considering he got a, a a fourth round pick for it, that's a win for Warriors in my eyes. If you can pick a guy up off waivers and then trade him, that is always a win. Okay, so that's Warriors one. Next up, we have a goalie trade. We have Mackenzie Blackwood in a ten for James Reimer in a seven. I, I mean, it's a pick upgrade, I guess, but like James Reimer is getting shelled and Blackwood can't stay healthy. This is a guy just trying to get his handcuff for his Devils goalie way too late in the season. This is a wash trade. We don't need to give a winner here. Yeah. No, the winner is the person who gets the fifth, uh, the seventh. Yeah, I guess that's true. If you so, draft correctly, you've got a couple-round pick upgrade. I love this trade. Ogre and Gassy Fatty. Craig Anderson in a two for Martin Jones in a fifth. A mm. message went out to the group being like, hey, I, I'm dangling a two for a goalie. Bam. That happened quick. Great trade. That's... That's not the goalie I would probably pay a second for, but hey, you do you, I guess. Still, he he, he got what he wanted, and he got it within minutes. I think that's that's good. That's a, uh, that's a win for Ogre, though. You pull a second for a backup goalie, that's pretty good. Yep. Um, Gassy Fatty continues his goaltender carousel and deals the Warriors again. Grubauer, a 9 and a 10 for Lankanen, a 5th and an 8th. So you traded a second, a fifth, and an eighth, essentially, for the Kraken pair. And they're not... Mm, let's just click here before. They're not really a team I follow that. Grubauer has been... Oh, they've won three in a row, four in a row. So that's helping them. Good good peripherals so far. They're on a little heater right now, so he might be able to carry that for a while. But they go up and down. So yeah. we'll see if they go on a heater through the playoffs for him. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a, a grab, but I so, think, I, I, I think this is actually better value for him to, well, I don't get why he got to pay less for Grubauer, but whatever. Two picks, maybe. 
I guess. But like to me, Grubauer should be going for the second and Jones going for the five eight, but whatever. Yeah, goaltending is a mess in this pool, and I'm hoping we get some real changes in the summer. Um, we're we're gonna say Fatty wins because he gets the tandem. Sure. And it didn't cost as much. Um, this is our first kind of lopsided deal going into the deadline. So we had a wild three days. Um, Victor Hedman, Anthony Duclair, Jared McCann, and a ninth for a first. Uh, I'd also like to point out that the person who acquired this trade is out of the playoffs and probably won't be making them, which is odd. But he maybe looked at it as picking up two keepers. I'm assuming you'd be keeping McCann and Hedman. Sure. I mean, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, you're you're basically trading with a guy who's also going to miss the playoffs and has too many keepers. So hypothetically, you maybe could have used that first to get one of those guys anyways. And maybe there's somebody even better out there once it comes to your pick than the two or three. But whatever. I just, I don't know. If you're going to miss the playoffs, it makes it seems weird to trade your first. But Yeah, but maybe he's, he saw value in getting Hedman in that deal. So I mean, I, mean I, I tried to trade Het for Hedman, but I was refused to give up anything more in a second. So. so so you may not agree with me, but I actually think Spare Parts wins this deal because they got a, they got four pieces for a first. Well, three. There's three players in a ninth. I'm not counting that ninth as anything. I'm pretty sure you flipped the ninth, though. Uh, Duclair hasn't really done much since he came back, but he was Achilles. I don't know. But- my opinion is anytime you get three assets for like one pick and you know, he's keeping Hedman, Hedman's going to be better than anything you can pick up in the first round. Potentially. What is on his uh, as I, of March 1st. Now I just kind of want to look at his team to see what he has for potential keepers. So he already has Heisken in and Quinn Hughes. So he's keeping a lot of defense. So now he's keeping three. So he traded for a position of strength. Who knows? That seems... to, to each his own, that's a strategy, I guess, right? Uh, do you declare a winner? Uh, I don't really want to for this. Um, it's I don't know. I don't know, actually, for this one. I just right. I feel like it's it's too much to pay, but if you're going to keep two of them, then I guess it's fine. Fair. Uh, next up, <laughs> Winged Wheel does what Winged Wheel does best. He tries to find defensemen. So he can get other defensemen and build up the value of other defensemen like Kalen Addison. So he acquired Evan Bouchard and a seventh for a fourth. So I was mad about this one. Were you, were you mad that you, you didn't get the memo that Bouchard would be available? Yes. I, I probably mean, would have. I potentially would have offered more for Bouchard. Especially after the Tyson Berry deal. Well, this would have been after. Yeah, well, he the, he made two moves rather rapidly. Okay, so, so let's was, put it. Let's think about it this way: Who do you think is going to have more points from now until the end of the season, Bouchard or Hedman? Well, Hedman's hurt. Exactly. But, but Tampa's also on like Tampa's and, on like a weird funk where they're not shooting and they're not scoring and they're not winning. Exactly. Toronto is getting ready to try and figure out how to figure things out with a third of their lineup switched like neither second or third in the Atlantic are exactly having a good time right now. 
but Bouchard probably. I don't know. Tyson Berry really wasn't putting up points either. So, so in his last six games, Hedman has two points. And how many in his Bouchard? last in his last game, Bouchard had three. I mean, tomato potato. Sandy and played twenty four. Like Bouchard games. played twenty four minutes, had three assists and two on the power play. Fair. So what, basically, the point I'm trying to make here is that a fourth round pick was traded for Evan Bouchard, and a first round pick was traded essentially for Victor Hedman. And if you're looking at this season or any future season, if Bouchard actually takes over that power play one, the fourth for friggin' Bouchard is way better deal than a first for Hedman and some guys. Yeah, but you you, you never know because you, like you're also dealing with the, the same person who just pulled off. So we're, we're going to declare Dawson the winner on that one for sure. And yeah, then that's he a hell of a actually, deal for a fourth. He actually kind of won this deal too. He's been peddling Addison around the league for weeks. He's been trying to get him in every possible deal. And he settled for Addison in a seventh going um, to Laws for Matias Ekholm in a third. The, the fact that he got anything for Kalen Addison is insane. Yeah. And he, like, as I said, he's been pushing Addison nonstop. The, so. the Wild have, like, one of the worst power plays in the entire NHL. Addison routinely is getting scratched randomly. Like, what are you... I don't know. Like, I, I bet you if Kalen Addison was available for next year in the draft, do you even think he would go in the first round? No. Would he even go in the second? Maybe if your team was, like, super desperate for D. Second or third at best, maybe? Like, I don't I don't even... In our, in our pool, it's plausible because it's so deep. I guess, but I don't know. This, this made no... Like, giving up that... Like, uh, this should have been, like, this trade, and then it was, like, an eight for a nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, like, the thing is, Ekholm doesn't put up a lot of points anymore either. He's not that guy. So this is a wash. This is literally winged wheel picking up a third. And, yeah, and hoping like that's, that Ekholm plays on the second power play in Edmonton. That's a good pull for Kalen Addison right now, I think. Yeah, that's a that's a great pull. Um, winged wheel not done. Deals with yours truly. Um, sends Ryan O'Reilly, Anthony Sorelli, a fourth and a fifth to me for William Eklund. Stuart Skinner, a sixth and a seventh. Now, he did tell me uh, after the deadline passed that the only player he really wanted out of me was Eklund, and that's what he was going for the whole time. Bro, you can have Eklund. I'm just, I'm I'm A, not sold. B, the fact that he had opportunities to, to play and stay with San Jose, and they they didn't even, like, play him. He, he rode the pine, and then he got sent down. He's not even performing um, in the minors or... Or where is he's in the AHL right now, right? Yeah, he's with the Barracuda. Yeah, he's he's an average player. People were talking about him to possibly be in the Calder conversation. Is he going to be in the Calder conversation next year? No, because Connor Jr. is coming up. Eklund might like. I understand that the NHL culture is like, oh my god, this person's a bust. This person's a bust. I don't think he's going to be a bust, but I also think he's further behind his draft class than other players. And he's going to play in San Jose, which is going to have no players left in it very soon. I'm sorry. Like, this is bias for me. I got to move Stuart Skinner while he had value going into the into our deadline for a fourth and a fifth. And then I was like, I actively tried to flip O'Reilly until he got hurt. So William Eklund had 41 points in 52 AHL games. The only player on the team that had more than him is longtime AHLer Andrew Agozino, 
a certain fantasy site or person that does analytics on prospects that I follow, and I'm not going to give his name out, has Eklund as his number one best prospect currently outside the NHL. Sure he is. So you know that Nathan McKinnon was like a 50 point fo- like player that nobody cared about before he went off for 100 points out of nowhere. Like you could know. have probably you could have traded Jack Hughes for like you could have easily acquired Jack Hughes like two years ago for nothing. I'm just I think when it comes to fantasy, every single player will look at somebody and be like, wow, you've wasted a spot on my roster this entire year. Eklund, I, mean, I just I didn't I have had the patience him as an for NA last year. But yeah. like he, the opportunity is going to be there now in San Jose. Like they're currently, they're obviously rebuilding now. They traded Meyer. Maybe they move Carlson in the summer. Who knows? There's a spot opening up there. They just have a bunch of guys on that team right now. Like he's going to get to play next year and it's not going to matter if he's good or not. Um. Yes and no. I think if he, my opinion is what player on my team right now, which my team isn't fully formed at this point, but I had two deals in the hopper that I knew were going to kind of go down. At When I look at my team, is he better than the players that I'm going to keep? And the answer is no. I, I'm now in a position where I have to start, like I can't be patient and give up one spot. I did that last year with Perfetti and I did that with McTavish, right? I brought two players in that I didn't know were going to play. Both of them did end up playing, but Perfetti's been up and down the lineup. McTavish has had kind of an up and down season and then got sent down to the world, like the world juniors, right? Neither of them were like rock star hits. I'm hoping Anaheim wins Connor Bedard because that would be insane. I look uh, at this as I was moving Skinner. I didn't really care about William Eklund. I'm sorry if that, that hurts you, but I just didn't care. It doesn't hurt me, but I was just looking at your roster and I probably would have kept him over. I probably would have had him as a keeper. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, okay. So, Wait, so are you saying he won then? You're you're allowed to to say he beat me in a trade. That's no, I don't think he won right now. Like this is a nothing. This is just a like I don't know. I don't really see huge value in Stuart Skinner either right now. So because yeah, he, he's I've, like they might win, but he's gonna put up horrible peripherals, and that actually matters in this pool. Yeah, his save percentage blows. It's yeah, like. Tough. What if you have four wins every week, but you don't have a shutout because they let in too many goals and you have a three goals against and a like 888 save percentage? Like you're going to win one out of three goalie categories every week. That's not that's not good. Yeah. Well, you might be biased on the next two deals. Um, Anthony Bolivier and a fifth traded to you for Barrett Hayden and a third. This is literally a trade that only existed because I wanted to buy 100 waiver dollars. <laughs> yeah, and you still haven't told me who you're going for. I'm not fucking telling you. Well, for all you listeners who have been following around candidly or in the Tilsenberg pool, I now own the rights to Matthew Nice. Nobody can can outbid me, so I've got him. I want you to know that I had a deal in place to get 100 more waiver dollars for not very much, and I just decided not to because I really thought about till the last... I thought about at like... 1045 doing it just to fuck with your head so you couldn't get more than me but i decided not to but you already told me earlier in the day that you weren't going for the same guy so i wasn't worried about you acquiring currency i know but i noticed that you had like at one point i was the leader and then i noticed that you had topped yourself up a little bit just to be over top of me and i kind of laughed at that uh yeah i went i went for some insurance dollars because i didn't know what the intimidators were doing 
so, uh, like I I knew you weren't playing in the same playground, so I just I I went with I wanted to make sure I had more money than him. That's all. I obviously have a player in mind, and my only concern is I totally forget to bid on him. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. I think we should. I mean, real talk for a second. I think we should literally just have the commission because it's not playoffs. Or like once you're out, you're out, right? So like yeah, you're yeah. allowed to pick up through there. I think it should just be agreed upon in a gentleman's agreement. The people who have the money should be able to just purchase those players today for when they oh, arrive. Oh, I need you to please table that. I think it's a great idea, in all honesty. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna declare you the winner because you made some money. And I think Olivier has actually done fairly well in Vancouver. Uh, I would have preferred to give somebody other than Hayden, but I just didn't feel like renegotiating that trade at all because he originally wanted a tenth bet. Like he was going to send me a tenth back. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not giving up seven rounds of the pool for a hundred waiver dollars, basically. So yeah, my limit's two or three picks. Yeah, like I was, he asked for a third and I was like, ah, I got to pull something then useful. Like both of the trades I made for waiver dollars, I didn't want to just trade a pick upgrade. Like I also wanted to try and acquire a player I could use. So I actually like my other trade better than this one. Fair. Your your next trade is actually, I'm, I'm going to declare you the winner before even reading it. You received, or you gave up Miko, or Nico Mikola and a fifth for Rasmus Sandin and a tenth. You just picked up a player. <laughs> who is going to be on Washington's top power play for the rest of the season. Will yep. he be there next year? I don't know. I don't even think he's keeper worthy right now. It's not, I'm not keeping him. He's not a consideration for me. It was a, just the end of the year consideration. But this is he is going to pad your stats right now, and it's because he's giving being given an opportunity. And we're going to talk about the NHL trades very shortly. Thank God, because we're almost out of these ones. But yeah, like this is... This is a very, this is sneakily one of the best trades that was made in this pool for the deadline solely because the opportunity that this player was getting. Uh, he had three assists in his first game and I didn't have him on my roster yet and I really could have used those points. Yeah, if only we had same day moves. Weird. Uh, I will <laughs> say I also made that trade with somebody who's notoriously hard to trade with. Um, so I was... I basically gave him, I asked him what it would cost for Sandine and a hundred of like all his waiver dollars. Well, I first originally messaged him and said, would you, would you trade me your waiver dollars? And he said, I guess and I said, he's like, how much? And I'm like, all of them. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, if you're going to do that, then I want to blow, well, let's put a player in there. So it doesn't look weird. And then I asked him who he was keeping. And then I kicked the tires about Sandine and he said a five for a 10. And I was like, how about a six for a nine? And then I got that Bavillier deal put through. So I had a second five. So I'm like, fuck it. I just sent the five deal and he accepted it right away. Yeah, it, it was a good, very good trade. I think you're going to benefit from it greatly. Although like Sandine could have a few rough games because in Toronto, he was either very good or very bad. So we'll see. The one nice um, thing about him is he actually does hit. Like he'll put up like three, three or four hits a night too, which is actually really nice. But the bad thing about him is he barely hits the net. Don't care. <laughs> He's Dion Phaneuf Jr. All right. So I'm going to declare you the winner on that one. Now you get to vote on one of my deals. Um, you and I have had conversations about this polarizing player for a, a little bit now. And you knew I was actively trying to move him, but I didn't know what the market would look like. I sent Patrick Line, Dimitri Orlov in a fifth. Now, you know, I famously got Line earlier in the season because why not? 
Um, and I received Marcus Pedersen, who's already been put on waivers, Jamie Ben, who's already been flipped for practically nothing, and a first. Um, this is fine. Like I don't I don't line it. Line is such a weirdly polarizing player in fantasy still because he had that 40-goal season and then just kind of got hurt and disappeared, and now he's moved teams. And I I don't even know. I like I constantly convince myself that I need to acquire him in pools, and then I back away because people don't want to sell him to me for nothing, which is reasonable. I actually think him adding Orloff into this trade is a savvy piece of business for him to get like a nice depth D. Um, considering i picked him up off waivers for like two days prior yeah that's great business yeah i was actually thinking about grabbing on waivers and i saw you already had and i was like fuck as soon as that trade went down i was like oh who has yeah. it oh he's free that was smart um i think this is a tidy piece of business on like on both halves um craig needed a little bit extra punch i'm willing to bet line is not kept so we'll see who gets him next year just looking at his team line is not one of his best eight I would say if he's making this trade and he's not keeping line A, then this is a win for you. Uh, well, his next trade kind of tells me he's probably not keeping line A. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's he, true. He acquired TJ Oshie, Eric Carlson, a first, a first, a second, and a third um, for Artemi Panarin, a fifth, a fifth, an eighth, and a ninth. So Panarin has went to the winged wheel from where he came from, the winged wheel. That's fucking way too much. Yeah, I that's think... fucking way too much for Panarin. Like that's yeah. insane. Like it should have been Carlson for Panarin straight up. Then I would have been like, "Yep, that's reasonable. Let's go." So I told Craig earlier in that day, like I thought he's slightly like we went back and forth on my deal, and I thought he overpaid a little bit to get the youth out of Patrick Wine because I was getting a 37 year old player in Jamie Benn or 36, right? And then he literally did the same thing. He took one of the oldest players in the NHL, and he got two firsts with it for Panarin. So I think Craig made two smart moves to better his team overall. Will he keep line a though? I don't know. Looking at his team, he, it's still possible. He won't. The fact that you got Eric Carlson in a deal and you're the, you're the seller <laughs> essentially, I think, especially in this pool, like that's a hell of a pull. Like he's going to be pissed off. That team's going to, like still score like he's still going to be able to do like they're not trying to win so he's going to get to do whatever the fuck he wants on the ice which is basically like play you know wagon hockey and do everything he can to put pucks in the net so so winner on that one Craig? i would i would say ogre is 100 percent the winner on that one now for the <laughs> this is Adam's the absolute, absolute favorite fucking deal. steal of the day this is insanity so I traded Brian Rust and the Leaf Tandem, which I never thought I would deal, and a fourth. And my return was Jack Campbell. I know, the deal's already off. Carter Hart, uh, a, a brilliant 22-year-old keeper goalie. Cole Caulfield and a six. <laughs> plus, plus afterwards, uh, a six and a seven. So I dealt two sixes. Or I got a six and a seven, he got a four and a six. I want to, okay, before we get into this trade, I want to ask you straight up. If if he had come to you and asked you, like, let's say two months ago when you were selling to to buy, like, he wanted to buy Murray and Simpson off off you, what would you have traded them for? I don't know, because that was when they were both hot and not hurt. Right, right. right. But, like, I, like, 
as a Leaf fan, I'm very hopeful that they keep Samson up. But going into the trade deadline, I heard a lot of rumors about Toronto trying to use the first they got from Boston and Matt Murray plus, I think it was Kerfoot, to get Demko. Mm. What message are you sending Ilya Samsonov if you trade for a starting goalie with four years remaining on his deal? Yeah, but Samsonov's an RFA. Yeah. He, yeah. He... They still own his rights. That's fine. But what message are you sending him if you deal for a goalie with four years left on his term? They were They were contemplating doing this on Friday. That was the rumor. Yeah, but he knew coming in that Murray was already here. He knew when he signed that he was coming in to be a backup or a tandem starter. There's nobody that's really a pure starter in the NHL anymore. And it's better to have two decent goalies. Like, I don't think Demko getting, like, if anything, it probably makes him, I don't know, try a little harder or something. Like, he knows Murray's old and his time's running out. He's hurt all the time. If anything, Murray's not even a proper pushing him at all this year. Yeah, well, I think Joseph Wall and Samsonov next year will be the tandem. But I didn't want to risk that. So I went, I made the decision early on to like try and target young goalies all day. That's all I focused on. And I landed on that. And then we kind of went back and forth. And I was like, you know what? You dealt Barzal for Campbell. So I want a forward. Mm-hmm. And then we went back and forth and I ended up with Cole Caulfield. That's you could have just traded Cole Caulfield. Like, if you would have just got Cole Caulfield straight up for the Leafs tandem, like, I still would have considered that a win. <laughs> but I got He's, a goalie that I wanted since the beginning of the year. 100%. Like, you got, essentially, now, once we get to a trade that's coming up, like, you basically got two keeper goalies, and you got a keeper forward who is super young, like 21 or 20 even, um, for basically a tandem that was handed to you. Like you had no like Murray and Sam Sonoff were essentially waiver pickups for that trade way back when that you got them for. Like they they had zero like you had no stock in them at all. Like so to get literally anything for them is in, is amazing, and you got essentially three keepers for them, which is crazy. Yeah, but we're we're not out here to roast. <laughs> um, we're like. What a pull. Like, what a, what, I can't believe he made that. I honestly cannot, like, I cannot believe he made that trade. (laughs) Just like he got himself into a ditch and he just did the Simpsons thing where he's like, how are we going to get out here? Dig deeper, like, just dig down more and keep throwing the dirt up. We'll figure it out. Oh, man, crazy. Crazy. Good pull. Good job. You're going to have Cole Caulfield on your team now until he retires, basically. That's fun. Pretty much. We should start offering contracts in our in our pool. Um, we, like, I mean, we're in some ways, we are a dynasty keeper, you would think. Like, the fact that McDavid got fucking traded is crazy, but I doubt he'll get traded. Well, no, he's in the hands of a master. I can't say. Matthews will never get traded. I can pretty much promise that at this point. Unless it's right. like five years from now and somebody offers me Bedard. I, I got to keep you on track. Oh, I can guarantee you if I win the lottery, I'm I'm going to get McDavid. I, I can guarantee <laughs> it. I can gar- I'm going to say it on this podcast. If I win the draft lottery, McDavid will be on my team next season because no matter what, Dawson will want that way more than he'll want McDavid. As soon as he hears this podcast, he is going to message you right away some random deal. Oh, 100%. It'll be like, okay, you have four first, so I'll take three of them for McDavid, and I probably I probably would take that. 
Uh, you can, there is technically off season trading in that pool. If it's keeper for keeper. Yeah. But neither. I think it's literally only happened once. And that's why we have the rule. Okay. Glass. I got to keep you on track. Corpus for a fifth. Yeah. I mean, he decided to acquire like a hundred goalies. So good for him, I guess. Yeah. A little bit more tidy business from me and the winged wheel. I moved Jamie Benn and Jack Campbell, which I committed to do for the Arizona tandem. And now I have two keeper goalies in Vimoka and Hart. Perfect. That's that's what you need in this pool. And they're good peripheral goalies, too, which is key. They might lose a lot, but their peripherals are usually decent. Yeah, well, when you have no defense, you're stopping a lot of shots, so it's fine. Uh, Red uh, Red Risen got Nick Schmaltz, Tyler Toffoli, and a second for Josh Norris, Connor Sheary, and a fifth. That's a fucking hell of a pull. I was mad about this one. That's a playoff team acquiring a high pick and two useful players for an injured player. Like, that's... That's crazy. I was in on Norris for a little bit there, too. That's a I was, lot. Like, I was busy. That's a lot for Norris, to be honest. Like, he's a second-line center. Yeah. In, right? Like, he's a second-line straight. Like, this is, like, trading a lot for, like, Ryan Kessler. Man, Red, Red did well on this deal. That's a hell uh, yeah. That's a really this nice His next deal. deal makes no sense to me. Good for you for getting exactly what you wanted. But, my God, Eric Holland in a second for Pavel Zaka in a seventh. This is fucking insane when I saw this. I was like, what? Well, how did that even happen? I no offered wonder, like, the, the same thing for Zaka. I just offered a two for like a five or something, and that wasn't good enough. I don't even, I, I don't, like Zaka's Dude, like a 40-point player, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I liked it for the fact that he was uh, tri-positioned. Uh, next up, I kind of, I don't know how I felt about this deal. It was uh, Kakanen. Granlin in the seventh for Arvidsson, Fabrian in eighth. I think that's just a pick upgrade. That's just Dawson trying to dump a goalie. That's because he was trying to make another move. To a team that probably needed goalies to get starts. Yeah, see, my big mistake came right at 10.52 p.m. Eight minutes before the deadline, I dealt Alexander Barkov and Casey Middlestad. And my return was so, so spicy. Eric Gustafson of the Maple Leafs, everybody. I did it. I got I got a leaf. Oh, and that guy named Jack Eichel. That's fucking hell of a pull. Like that's that's a tidy piece. That's a tidy piece of business. Yeah, oh, he I, hits too. I did not realize he hits. Who Eichel? Yeah, buddy. He had four and four the other night. Yeah, he, he's a good player, and he's uh, he's getting better. The one night. Fuck, man. That Dude, was I'll uh. Take him. Trade him to me. Yeah, uh, you kidding? I had to endure eight minutes of trade offers for Eichel. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> in, a, in a move that kind of made no sense, but I guess Dawson kind of gave up on Owen Power like he gave up on Kalen Addison. He did Power in a fifth for Malkin in a third. He got really old in a deal real quick, but the pens are on a, a playoff push. You got to hope that your best players are scoring, and he's banking on that for a playoff run. I offered a second for Malkin about two weeks ago and was told no. It's okay. It happens. Uh, Jonathan Quick was dealt to Red Risen for Frank Fratrano in a sixth. Not terrible. Um, Casey Middlestaff for Chandler Stevenson with a five round upgrade. Whew. This is a, okay. This is, we're not, I'm not going to go a huge tangent here. 
but this to me is similar to your deal okay so you made your deal and you probably could have just flipped murray and samson off because you didn't really give a shit about them for the goalies straight up and happy with it right yeah but you used your leverage which you had to pull a fucking keeper forward out of it he knew that he had jonathan quick and red risen had phoenix copley which means that he has to acquire Quick just in case Quick takes over down the line, which totally could happen in in Vegas. Or sorry, he had the Vegas tandem. Yeah, he has all four Vegas goalies now. So he had to get Quick to basically make sure that Quick didn't take over a starter and he got fucked out of a goalie. To only pull a one-round pick upgrade for that is fucking stupid. I think he's going to keep Vitrano, though. You'd have to I don't assume. care, but that's still it's fucking Frank Vitrano. He's like a 40-point forward. Who gives a shit? Like, you should be asking for, like, a first. Like, you should be asking for a keeper, like, or be like, sorry, I won't trade him then. Like, you have no reason to trade him. So get something that you want. Like, not yeah. just a fucking waiver guy and a one-round pickup grade. Like, Jesus. That one's a loss for laws. That's um, a loss, man. That's a huge win for Red Risen that you got basically needed to acquire somebody desperately. And the guy was like, oh, here you go. Here, you yeah. can take a cookie while you're at it. I liked uh, Ogre flipping middle stat in a three for Chandler Stevenson in an eight. He just got uh, another player that could be available to him for any position on a playoff run. That is good if you're trying to fill roster spots on a nightly basis. I like that deal. You're trading least, a cer- Go ahead. Well, I, I'm saying you're trading a center for somebody who plays all three positions. If your lineup's stuck, I think this is actually very smart by him because after the McDavid deal, his team lost. Right. Like it's not like they had a chemistry issue, but there was a lot of moving pieces and he had to move some of the pieces that he got in order to make his team better. And I think this move right here just kind of helped plug him hole, plug holes. Yeah, it might be a slight overpay on the 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 draft pick capital, but he needed somebody who could play all positions. He was struggling to find a left winger late in the day, and that was the best he could pull. So Chandler Stevenson has two points in his last eight games, has lost his first line spot and his first power play spot to Ivan Barbashev, who has basically gone point per game since he got there. Um, This is the desperate move that is such an overpay. (laughs) Though I think Ogre ended up uh, outbidding me for Barbashev uh, today. So, I mean, he got the player he should have gotten originally. Yeah. And then finally, Victor Arvidsson for Tony D'Angelo. I whatever. Yeah. All right. You want to do NHL trades now? That that guys was the T-Berg pool. That was that was, that was basically like one like one week's worth of trades in that pool. Like I don't know what was in the water in that pool this year, but it was fucking crazy. But it's good because the pool's active and that's so much more fun. It's it's active, it's toxic, it's insane. It's <laughs> Yeah, we're not even talking about the group chat. <laughs> oh man. All right, so the NHL what we're going to do to avoid a bunch of like having this be a 2-hour show. We are going to say the players on each side of the deal and if they won or lost, if there's a piece of like commentary, I'm going to try and keep them to about a minute each or less. Starting with uh we did the Timo Meyer or Adam did the Timo Meyer deal on his own, but there was a few deals that trickled in actually before it. So we want to just quickly hit those and declare winners or losers. Um, the stars acquired Dadnov for Dennis Garyanov from the Montreal Canadiens. 
great. Uh, right, right now, this looks like a huge win for the Stars, but I could see some value in the Canadians buying low on Garyanov, though maybe it's just not there with him. Uh, but given how the Stars have gone off offensive-wise, this is a nice pull for them. I like this yeah. move. What's Garyanov? Two years left or just one? He's RFA, I think. I wish Cat Friendly would tell you that in the in these, but whatever. Uh, Dadnov, he's a suitcase player now. He just plays wherever. So not overly concerned. Not a great deal. Not a bad deal. Wash. So win-loss or wash. That's fine. Um, St. Louis acquires Zach Dean, a minor leaguer, or Ivan Barbashev from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so looking right now, this looks like a win for Vegas, but like Zach Dean's not nothing. It sounds like he's actually going to be an NHL or one day. It'll probably be like a bottom six guy, but he, they got a player for a expiring contract, which is something, but still, this is a good pickup for the Golden Knights who are perpetually buying. Yep. Um, in the realm of sub million dollar players and just for the vibes, Andreas Uglund was dealt to the Chicago Blackhawks for Jack Johnson. Like, does Jack Johnson have all the video games, or does he make the best grilled cheese, or what? Like, they're literally just bringing him back for the vibes. Like, that's it. Like, that's everything I've heard about it. Like, he's Jack Johnson's statistically one of the worst players in all of the NHL right now. But he's beloved. That's fine. You're allowed to do that. You're Colorado. You can do this and you can give up anything for him. It just is really funny to me that I didn't even think he would find a job um, this season. And then he did. And then they tried to, they got him back again. So that's great. Good for them. I'm happy. Um, Now Adam missed this deal while he was recording, (laughs) but Tampa Bay is on drugs. This is crazy. Calfoot, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a second, and a conditional first that is top 10 protected for Tanner Janot, who is a, a RFA or UFA. RFA? He's R. They'll, ha- they'll be able to sign him to some crazy eight year deal for like 1.2 million or whatever the fuck they're going to do. Yeah, but like, what the fuck? Uh, so. After this trade broke, everybody freaked out about it, obviously. And I think the next day or whatever, Breezebois basically came out and said, we don't give a shit about picks right now. And that's completely fine. And I agree with that, to be honest. I 100% agree with that. But are you telling me that some other team had a trade for this guy and it was a first, a second, a third, a fourth? And then you had to add in Cal Foot and Like, why is it so much? Like, how is it? Like, David Poyle, who is now basically retired... Or retiring, but he's getting through the trade deadline is the last big thing he'll have to worry about. Heist. This is a heist. Like, this is, if you make any of those picks, de- like, this is, I get why they did it. And I'm actually not, like, mad at Tampa for doing this. I don't really give a shit, to be honest. Like, go and get your guys. You've won two cups and made three finals. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I, I think you're not knowing what you're doing. Like, do whatever you want to do. But this is like crazy. <laughs> this is like, thank God it didn't set a precedent for any other trades or nothing would have happened. I don't know. The NHL kind of got real stupid shortly after these deals. Well, it did, um, but not to like, that's n- just like n- a guy that deal. scored like what? Five, 10 goals this year. And he gets traded for like five pieces. Ma- massive deal for the Preds. Huge win. Tanner, Tanner Janot is an RFA. He's a Tampa type player. But he's going into a very toxic room right now, so we'll see what kind of happens. Um, next up, a deal for absolutely nothing. Isaac Ratcliffe was given to the Predators for future considerations. Yeah, we're not um, talking about that one. Yeah, 
he's, he's a decent prospect. Toronto Maple Leafs acquired Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty. Uh, sorry, Jake McCabe retained for the next three years at 50%. Sam Lafferty, a fifth and a fifth that are both conditional. Um, four, Joey Anderson, Pavel Gugolev. Uh, the 2025 first round pick, which is conditional, which is protected, and a second round pick. Perfect. No Do notes. This, you fucking genius. You got I mean, two players for it's, three. It, it's not Chikrin, but it's fine. I'm happy. The the Chikrin thing is something I want to complain about later. However, I love the fact that they now have a top four D man locked in at two million dollars. Bye bye, Justin Hall. That that's Justin Hall's money. They have it him is. locked in until 2025. So that's this season, next season, and the season after that. And Sam Lafferty is going to replace Alex Kerfoot next year. And they're going to re-sign Camp for similar money. Very tidy piece. I know Dubas has his extension in his desk already. Just sign the fucking thing and tell everybody. It's fine. I even if you guys lose in the first round, don't care. Between teams this ready, teams this ready for and- next year. The uh, Ryan O'Reilly deal, the mate, those are like they're obviously made some other trades, but those are the major acquisitions that they made, and they didn't give up a top prospect. Period. Like end of story. Like I don't give a shit about draft picks either with this team. Like I need to see shit now, and some of those top prospects actually might be useful next year or the year after. So I am a hundred percent okay. Like the fact that they were able to get McCabe at fifty percent retained too is awesome. Like that's awesome. On the Ryan O'Reilly piece, I would be, I would be more surprised than not if he didn't stay. He's 100% already signed. There's already, a, I guarantee that, but before the end of the season, that there is like a whatever five-year deal at like stupid low money. Like he's yeah, like gonna three, four million dollars. Yeah, he's gonna 100% Giordano a three or four-year contract with the Leafs, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'd be very okay with it. He wants to have fun. He wants to play with Mitch. He wants to play with Matthews. He wants to play with Tavares. He's Did you hear the ROR news today? Yeah, broken finger. Out indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah, Matthews was so pissed off he got hit in the knee that he took out somebody's hand. But man, it's when hard. it rains, it pours. Because they're saying that uh, John Tavares is ill, but it's definitely he's got a conky, right? Uh, whatever. Let's just—I don't care till the playoffs, anyways. It's just I—I yeah. I wish ROR could play a few more games so they could get some more chemistry. But it is what it is. Yeah, Buffalo and Vancouver got up to. Oh, so Toronto won that deal clearly. Uh, so, I mean, that's fine for. It's Chicago to get that package. Like, I don't think they could have expected more. Joey um, Anderson has been dealt twice on his entry. Like Joey Anderson's like Joey Anderson and Pavel, Pavel Gogolev are just literally being traded to make the contract totals work. Right. Like, so you can only have so many guys sign. Um, but like they Joey play. Anderson is there to play. I think. Oh yeah. Google- they'll put him in the lineup. They might even sign him for next year. Like they got to have a team. Gogolev has been awful this year. Last year he was a surprise. When he was signed out of uh, Guelph, so I'm okay with it. The the first whatever that's in 2025. That's two years from now, probably. And it's top ten protected too, which is smart. Like which just, then it just becomes a case. 2026 first. Like it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, Buffalo, let's skip the next one. Skip that one. It's dumb. Okay. Um, Jesse Pool Party gets acquired by the Carolina Hurricanes for uh, Patrick Pistola. Pistola. Uh, he's apparently an okay-ish prospect, but like honestly, like this is very Carolina. Um, yeah. It wouldn't shock me if they suddenly signed him to some like eight-year, two-point-five million-dollar deal or something silly like that. Yeah. But Kakiemi all over again. Do you remember? 
a few I years think ago. he's like I think he's like Nikshushkin. Like I think it's just gonna take him a while for the offense to show up, but I think he's an effective player. They just didn't like I don't know what they expected from him. It's crazy that there's only two players out of that top ten draft that are still on the, the team that drafted them. Yeah. I just can't remember who the other person is. I think they were taking like eight in so, the Matthews draft. Yeah. Um well, I- Matthews will probably stay on the Leafs, so that's good. I hope. I desperately hope. Um, I love this trade, but do you remember a few years ago when people were like, stop helping the Blackhawks? Stop giving the Blackhawks players. You mean stop giving the Hurricanes players? Yeah, now it's stop giving the Hurricanes everybody. Well, like, they they got Pacioretty for free, and then he only played like a game, so. They practically got Brent Burns for free. Oh, like, they, people, they people did forget get Brent that. Burns for free. Yeah. Um, next up, doesn't matter. That was uh, a, a pick for Henry Thurn. Uh, Ducks and Sharks. Marcus Johansson gets acquired by the Wild for a third round pick. Washington starts their fire sale after dealing Dmitry Orlov. Or did that happen after? I don't even remember because the next deal fucking stopped everything the other day. Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first round pick acquired from Boston. To the Toronto Maple Leafs for Rasmus Sandin. This is what you do when you're smart. And your player holds out for the exact same money. Dubas was still so pissed off at the William Nylander thing that he dealt Rasmus Sandin for it. I don't think that's... I think this is... 100%, okay. dude. 100%. He might have been a little mad about that, but he's mature enough to, like, I'm assuming, not hold a grudge about something like that. I think for... Dubis personally, this is this is the first guy he basically ever got to draft. This was a late, he was a late first round pick. He had super high hopes for Sandine. He's crushed, like analytically, he has absolutely eaten up bottom pair minutes. Like one of the better third pair defensemen in all of the NHL. But whenever they tried to play him higher in the lineup, it didn't work. I think he assumed that it's going to be a year or two before he's probably even close to a top 4D, which is not something they need right now when they also have Lilligren. Um, and I, I think being able to get a first-round pick back for him is huge, and I'm assuming he meant to flip that first and just couldn't find a deal for it, so maybe at the draft they do. But the fact that he still now has a first-round pick in this draft this year, I think that's fine. Like, yeah, I think this is good asset management. And I think it's honestly also a hell of a pickup for Washington. I think this is a great pickup for them, too. Yeah, I think this is a great deal for both teams. I want to give the edge slightly to the Maple Leafs because, A, Washington didn't have to give them, like, um, salary help. And, B, they gave them a first. I, honest, I, like, I, I like Gustafson as, like, kind of a backup option if Riley gets hurt. Yeah, and like this weird 7D thing that they're doing is kind of interesting. Gustafson plays the power play. Um, a newly acquired player plays the PK. It's kind of fun. I don't know how long it's going to last, but they're trying some stuff. I the don't last comment I, don't I have about 7D. this deal. What's I don't that? See, I don't like 7D at all. I don't want to see it. It's too hard to get combos like gelling together. That's fair. The only other thing I want to say about this deal, which is why I think Dubis is actually a genius is if you got to game one of the playoffs and Sandine is not in your lineup, yep. good luck dealing him for anything better than a third of the draft. 100%. Because you know who's the odd man and looking out now, Lilligren's not in the lineup for game one. It's not L- happening. Lilligan gro- Lilligren got crushed. Fucking demolished in Edmonton. 
That guy is just nursing his ribs. I I think he's traded in the offseason, too. I think I think it's time. You can't. He's right-handed D unless you have another one coming. Yeah, you just you, find – you got a first-round pick. You got other assets that you could probably move around. Like, I think you look for a right-hand D in the offseason. No, he's six – or eight – what is he? He's 1.4, right? So he's $600,000 cheaper than Justin Hall. Justin Hall is going to want to raise. Lilligren stays. Oh, Justin Hall's not coming back. Exactly. So you're going to have Lilligren on your right side, and then maybe Toppy Niamala gets to play in the AHL. And gets to start sniffing at it next year. Um, Maple Leafs then deal Pierre Ingval in his $2.25 million contract for a third. I thought he was making like a million dollars. Do you know what round he got drafted in? The seventh or eighth. What round did they get back for him? A third. Perfect. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> yeah, the, the Islanders fans were like, yeah, this guy's a wrecking ball. I was like, he has 39 hits on the season, and most of those are bumps. I mean, he literally paid 17 minutes on the first line, his first his first game in in the island. Like, if they like that was the one thing in Toronto, he just couldn't like they had no room for him in the top six. They never tried him up there. It was they, did. Even they a, tried him with Tavares and Marner, and it they didn't did. Work. But like, that's not like they didn't try try him. It was like a game or a few shifts or whatever. Like the Islanders literally will just run him up there and just hope for the best. And I mean, I don't ever think he's going to be like a 60, 50 point forward, but like he could be a 2020 guy. Like he's not a terrible player. He's just not. When you look at Pierre Engvall, you think he should be hitting and nasty and snarly and he's not. He's the opposite. And he can be totally disengaged sometimes. And I honestly think Dubas just had enough. And look who acquired him, his old GM. So, yeah, the guy who drafted him. And honestly, this this trade was the most important trade that Dubas made in those days. So he dealt essentially out three, almost four, uh, what was it? Three and a half, almost $4 million in Engvall and Sandine brought back Gustafson at $800,000 and brought back Luke Shen for all the vibes for another $850,000 for a third round pick, which gave us just enough money to bring Matt Murray off the LTIR. And and sign nice when he finishes college. Yeah, so we are a contract short, but now Ryan O'Reilly's out, so it doesn't matter. Um, but we are a contract short. Luke Shen, like, I don't know about you. I've loved this team since I was a kid. And I was kind of emotional when I saw him on the ice. I was like, wow, he just laid a big fucking hit in Calgary. <laughs> and so, like, it just, oh, so good. The feeling you got when you saw Luke Shen return to Toronto on the ice is the feeling I got when I got to see Doug Gilmore return to the ice way back in 03. And then he immediately went down with his career ending knee injury on his first shift. And that is, but he also smashed the penalty box. So that's fun. Oh man. I was so, it still affects me to this day. Like that whole thing. The fact that I didn't even get to see him play, like we'll score one more goal or something for the Maple Leafs. Like I, Man, like, but like, it's cool to see the human eraser back. Like, I'm happy. I'm just worried they're going to play him way too much. He is an everyday NHL player. He's a good player. Like that. That's the way I like, no, he's better than fine. He's better than fucking Justin Hall. He's like 12 minutes a night. Fine. Yeah. But you, you have him and Jake McCabe on the back end. Now Toronto literally just said, you got Tanner Janot. Well, look at how much tougher we're going to be to get near our net. Well, yeah. And then they laid two goose eggs this week, which is also not great. But 
Um, future considerations doesn't matter. Oh. Oilers finally entered the chat. They were like, you know what? We're finally we're finally going to do something. They dealt Reed Schaefer a first in 23, a fourth in 24, and the enigma that is Tyson Berry. And I feel so bad for the guy because he couldn't figure it out with Matthews or McDavid to the Predators for Matthias Ekholm and a fourth. And Matthias Ekholm was retained at 4%. That's the part that annoys me the most. Is the fact so, that they couldn't afford $250,000? No, it's the fact. Okay, so in the NHL, you are only you only get so many retention slots. I think it's three. Three, I yeah. want to say. Matthias Ekholm is signed for a few more seasons, which means that this 4% retention is now going to roll over. If you are the National Predators and you are actually going to be rebuilding for a few years here, the fact that you have literally wasted one of those retention spots on four fucking percent for Matthias Ekholm is insane to me. Like the one big thing and big advantage you can have as a rebuilding team is eating bad contracts and eating money on bad contracts. And they just took away one spot of the, now it's not a huge deal breaker or anything. I still think it's a good pull for Ekholm to get a first and a fourth and Barry, you might be able to flip or something. I don't like next year, I guess for something else. But still, like, it's super confusing to me why they would even for like it. I didn't get that part of it. I think this is a I don't know. I guess it's a win for Edmonton because I like he brings something to that defensive core. That they literally don't have, which is defense. Yeah, he does also bring like a little bit of a snarl and tenacity. So and he can move the puck like he's not like fucking the puck doesn't hit his stick and it just clinkers off and he bangs off the glass all the time like he can. He's good in transition and shit, too. Like, he's not just a defensive guy. Yeah. Well, I like, we've lived through the Maple Leafs retaining $1.4 million on Kessel for six years. It sucks, but you move on. $250,000? Whatever. It's just a waste of a retention spot when you could maybe get a draft pick for that at some point in time, but whatever. Maybe, but they got Tyson Berry, man. They say, like, look at it this way. This is the way I'm at least trying to look at it is six million dollars minus two hundred fifty thousand so it's four point two five million dollars on the cap they're saving money they, they well, accomplished what they wanted by saving money i'm also as a tyson or evan bouchard owner in a points pool and i've been thinking about dropping him for like months now i was super happy when i saw this trade go through because that means it's bouchard season baby let's go it is uh next deal was funny only because the nhl told people not to do this but the Minnesota Wild acquired Gustav Nyquist uh, at 50% retained from the Blue Jackets for a fifth. And Minnesota's going to get a talking to because they were told not to pick up injured players. So evidently he even said himself he's aiming to come back for the end of the regular season, whatever. Either way, like this is a fine little piece of business for you're giving up nothing as far as getting Nyquist could actually, if he comes back healthy, could be a decent like for a team that's struggling so badly to score outside of the Kaprizov line right now, this is a nice little piece of business for them. I'd say. Yeah. Um, in the worst trade in the NHL, Patrick Crane, and like it was the worst kept secret too. the crybaby wanted to go to New York so badly that when Toronto said, we don't want you, he got to go to New York. Anyways, uh, Patrick Kane retained a double retention to the New York Rangers. Chicago acquires some guy named Sir, Sir Jarvie. Uh, from Arizona and Andrew, Andy Walinski from the Rangers, a second and a fourth. The second can become a first if the Rangers make it to the conference final. And then 
the Coyotes did use their final retention and they got a bunch of conditions on it, which half of it is like insane because they dealt a conditional pick that was from the Lundquist deal. It's so complicated. But they took $5 million from Arizona. Or Arizona took $5 million. It's crazy. I hmm. So obviously this was predicted for a while. The whole thing came out when they traded for Tarasenko. That Kane wasn't happy. And then he said he came, he came out and said, I, wasn't, I didn't say that or what. This is just... A tr- this is... So all, all those people back in the day that were Leafs fans and were pissed off at Sundin for not letting himself be traded, this is what the deal would have looked like, okay? This is exactly what the Leafs would have fucking pulled for him because they would have let him pick where he went. That team could have said, well, we'll give you this or it's nothing, and you would have had to just been like, okay, it's fine. That's what it is, I guess. And then everybody would have freaked out that they traded Matt Sundin for like a fucking second and some B prospect. And it's like, that's just the way it's going to go. I don't actually see a win here, though. The Rangers look like a mess right now. Bringing in a guy like Patrick Kane is just, I mean, he's a defensive nightmare. I've watched a bunch of the Rangers games since he got there, and he obviously hasn't changed at all. A lot of people were like, oh, when he gets there, he'll be, he'll try again. And I watched, and he's not, he hasn't at least not yet changed much at all. I was totally happy when they got Tank, and I get why you wouldn't turn down getting Patrick Kane. Like, why would you? He could literally win you a playoff series if he got back to old Patrick Kane. Will he? I don't know. If he doesn't now, who the fuck is he? Okay, let's do a quick hypothetical, since this is getting pretty close to the end of the trades that are actually relevant, I feel like. Um, Except for one, maybe. I I, I know you want to cook one, but yeah, like, keep, keep it going. Okay, hypothetically speaking, let's say Kane sucks the rest of the year and sucks in the playoffs. Okay. Like he's like, gets whatever, four points for the rest of the year. And he's like a minus five in the playoffs with like one goal or something. And they lose in the first round. Who the fuck is like, who is offering this guy a contract next year? Like, is he actually done? Is he like now all of a sudden the pod's going to drop and he's going to go off for like 10 points in the next three games or something. And he could totally do that. But, like, if you are costing your team that much defensively and you still don't care now that you've been traded, is the what you're bringing offensively even worth it? Like, are you just dragging down your linemates so much defensively that everything's fucked there now? Like, I don't – they have probably one of the best top nines in all of the NHL with that kid line as their third line. And I am still don't know. Like, Igor hasn't been great. Um, it's – I don't – I thought the Rangers were going to be – team to worry about and now i feel like they might be a flame out here here's two hypothetical or two answers to your hypothetical kane will probably sign for a minimum deal in one of three places new york los angeles or if he can get a cheap deal where health isn't an issue toronto i know toronto you're gonna be like oh my god he's a leaf fan but hear me out he's going to go to one of three teams where he can sign on a low deal and then he's going to get hip surgery and we're not going to see him for eight months. He's going to sign a deal, and then he's going to get surgery. He's not going to do it the other way around. He's going to make sure that he has the medical care. What teams can give him the best medical care? Boston, Toronto, or Los Angeles? Or, sorry, New York, Toronto, or Los Angeles? He's going to end up on one of those three teams, and then you're not going to see him until the trade deadline next year. And then, poof, magic He's going to play. He's going to Kucherov himself next season. He's barely going to play. He's going to skate. He's going to practice. And then he'll get ready for a playoff run. 
that is what Patrick Kane is doing next year. Guaranteed. Oh man, if he signs for fucking 800k or a million dollars in Boston or some shit next year, I'm gonna lose he, my fucking mind. He just mind. needs to sign with a team that has good medical resources. There's not that many teams out there that can give him that kind of help, right? He needs to have that surgery and repair himself. Will he stay with the Rangers? Probably. His best friend in the whole wide world's there in Panarin. Why not? Would he go to Toronto for a chance to do go on a run with Matthews? Sure. They actually have what's what a top two medical situation in in their organization. Would he they go pro- to L.A.? They have the best one in Canada. <laughs> well, they, they have, I think they have the best one overall. That's kind of what they the, should, the given how much fucking there. money they make. Would he go to L.A.? Flip flops and hockey every day, recovering on the beach. Fuck yeah, that's where he's going to one of three teams. I'm calling that right now. This is a massive overpayment. And like Arizona, fuck off. You don't need to help in this deal, especially with what you did later. Boo on you. Boo on you. I hate this deal. This deal sucks. Not because my team didn't get Kane, but because crying gets you whatever you want. And that's bullshit. Um, my favorite deal of the deadline happened just uh, two days before the deadline, I guess. Jonathan Quick, a first round pick that's conditional. Oh, also, they are going to be out, or the the Rangers aren't getting out of the second round. Calling it. They might I not get he, out of the first round, depending on who I, they play. I think I think Shesterkin's brain is broken. He hasn't, as a fantasy owner of him in points pool this year, he has not been good. He's reminding me a lot of Freddie, and that's not good. Bobrovsky, uh, his, his head's not in the game, and you can tell. Um, Jonathan Quick, a first that's conditional based off the Kings qualifying for the playoffs and a third round pick for Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo. I Absolute fleecing. I love this deal. I was going to ask for Tyler's thoughts on this because he's a Kings fan and I totally forgot. But next time I have him on the podcast, I'll probably talk to him about it because this was fucking insane. The the thing that Gavrikov's a free agent, though, after this, right? Uh, Yes. So they got a useful... And so goalie. is Corpus Allo. Yeah, but they, they they saved a bunch of money on a goalie. I think they wanted to do more, and they just couldn't pull it off. I hmm. I like this deal. I like this deal for Columbus. Yeah, Columbus got a lot. I think this is this reeks of desperation for the Kings. This reeks of getting left with no dance partner and just being like, well, we got to fucking do something. And this is what you did. Like, I don't whatever. Like, I don't like either player they acquired, to be honest. If I were Rob Blake, I would be so mad knowing what Chickard ended up going for based off the return for the Kings. And their fans were so mad. Well, We'll we'll so get to mad. the we'll get to the chicken deal. I have some thoughts, obviously. Yeah, but their fans are mad about Quick. They They're should mad. be fucking mad about it because they what? traded him for like you're not trading him for Demko or something. You trade him for fucking Jonas Corpi Salo, who statistically has been not good his yeah. whole career. He's a uh, 31st in goaltending uh, goaltenders with above 10 starts, so that's great. Um, out of 32 teams, that's fucking brilliant. Like you, you take your goaltending, which was already an issue, and you you brought in a guy who also is an issue. That's good job, perfect. And you give up a first, like obviously. Like so, the one funny thing I did notice is after Corpy Salo's first game in LA, somebody was asking him like, "How did it go?" or whatever, and he's like, "I could actually see every shot." <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. All right, 
in the nature of time, we're going to have to go to speed round here. Okay. There's lots of deals left. Some of them aren't important. So I'm going to skip a few. Okay. Uh, First one, uh, a first and a second going to the Red Wings for Philip Hornick from the Vancouver Canucks and a fourth. I could could do a whole fucking hour on how bad of a trade this is for the Canucks. I won't. I think this is a hell of a pull for Iserman. I think this is him being like, yeah, I don't need this guy. And they're fucking offering me a conditional. So the whole reason for people convincing me or telling me that the Bo Horvat trade wasn't awful was that, oh, they got that conditional pick from the Islanders. What if they're shitty and blah, blah, blah. And what if they're crappy next year? And then they can. And I'm like, yeah, but then now they go and flip it. So it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Like they they basically got nothing for They got Philip Peronic and Atu, what, Atti Ratti for Bo Horvat, like that's not what you should be trying to get. Why did they fucking trade that? I don't, whatever. Well, they got a second first, didn't they? For Horvat, they got one next year too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like this is so dumb. Like he's actually good. Like he's a fine player actually, to be honest. But the Eisman sold high. Like this is his literally peak season right now in the NHL. And you're like, hey, I'll bet you could do this. And then Vancouver, who is one of the worst teams in the league, was like, hey, we could be like the 25th team next year instead of the 28th team. Let's do this trade 100%. Fucking dumb. Okay, next one. People helping the Hurricanes more. Third round pick from the Coyote. or (laughs) The Coyotes are acquiring a 2026 third round pick for the remainder of the (laughs) contract of Shane Gossespierre. This guy is one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL, and it fucking pisses me off that nobody sees it. He went to Carolina. Carolina is going to dust New York. He went to Carolina and they're like, hey, why don't you just try this top power play unit? And it went the fuck off. Like Kakaniemi had five points the other night. Like this guy is such a steal for them. It is insane. I, this was a guy I would have been happy if the least got him. Like, I don't get what all the hate, like, I feel like Carolina is going to sign this guy for like a nothing burger contract for like four years. And it's going to work out so well for them. Like he's going to replace Burns. No problem. Playoff vibes. Um, next up, the Arizona Coyotes acquire a first in 2023 that's conditional, second in 2024, which is conditional, which could become a first, and a 2026 second round pick for Jacob Chikrin. The saga is over. Ottawa gets Chikrin because they were the only people at the dance who didn't want any retention. That and they hypothetically offered the highest possible pick for so the it's top five protected for this year, but if it if that condition is met, then it's an unprotected for next year. You basically traded Ottawa a top four, if not a top two defenseman, and you're trading that based on the fact that the first round pick you're getting is going to be bad. Like you yeah. made the team better, and your whole reason for doing this deal is because their pick's going to be bad. That doesn't fucking make like they could end up making the playoffs this year, and this is a fucking even shittier looking trade. Yeah, like, and even shittier. Part- the crazy part about it is they could end up playing Toronto in the first round if Tampa keeps going the way they are. It's it's crazy. There's a, an 11 point difference with two games in hand for the Sens to the, the the Bolts, I think, or is it nine points now? I don't think that's gonna happen. But I mean, if the Sens can sneak into the playoffs here, or even get close, like even if they miss out by like four points on the last week or whatever, this like. I know I'm a Leafs fan, but like it's way more fun for me when we can beat the Senators in the playoffs. So I prefer to them to make it, and then we can beat them. But 
he's he's an Ottawa boy. Like, I don't know if you saw the whole thing with his grandpa being at the game and like he scored and like he all that stuff. Like, great. I'm happy that like this guy is finally in a place that he wants to be because I feel like it was a nightmare show for him in Arizona. Yeah. Apparently, Toronto was knocking on the door. They were close, but they they went the way of the no retention. And Matthew Nyes would have cost us retention. So honestly, personally, if I would have seen Coyotes make this deal with anyone and they actually retained on that dirt cheap contract, that's embarrassing to me. And I heard that was part of the big thing, too, is that Arizona thought, you know, we'll retain on guys that we're trading that we just we need to get rid of them or we're eating money for somebody else. But like a guy that actually has value for us to eat money on his contract is just like that's we're not doing that. And I yeah. and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, the, the rumored deal was. Kerfoot nies a first and then Toronto would have had to find money somewhere else. Yeah. They would have probably had to get another team to eat like half the deal or whatever. They would basically would have had to make it the McCabe contract or Anglet or that Engval deal would have just resulted in something else. That's well, all. I mean, if you're trading Kerfoot, that's 3.2, I think out the door. So that's yeah. not, he's um, not coming back next year <laughs> in, in vibes moves again, Michael Granlund, uh, got acquired for a second round pick by the penguins i don't mind that deal i think it shores up the center situation a little bit in pittsburgh and makes them a little bit more threatening going into this final stretch here they've got to do something you you committed to those three guys you got to do it um the rich get richer the boston bruins acquire tyler Pertuzzi at 50 percent retained because of course for a first in 2024 and a fourth in 2025. I think it's absolutely insane that the NHL is dealing picks like we're the fucking NBA now. Are, are you letting, are you just skipping over my ability to totally rip Ron Hextall for being a terrible GM? Yeah, I'm trying to. Okay, fine. Which deal do you want? I think it's insane that you re-sign Letang and Malkin to contracts that everybody knows are too long. And then you're like, I'm not trading a first. Fuck you. Like, this should have been the team that got Chikrin. They should have given up three firsts for him. Like, hey, you should, they dealt you should have Luger. no Leave picks. him alone. You should have no picks. If you are only, if you are currently the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins and you are drafting next year, you fucked up. You fucked up. You yeah, fucked that, up. You're all that, in right now. You're all the fuck in. And you're going to get fired before any of those draft picks become anything. This is so dumb. So yeah. dumb. You're you're not wrong, but I'm going to keep you on track, of course. Arizona also acquires Jakob Voracek in a sixth for John Gillies. This is the deal that pissed me off because the NHL sent out this note being like, you're not allowed to utilize IR space in order to get your team to the playoffs and then use these players elsewhere. But if you look at Arizona's team, what is it? 70% of their salary cap is to players that don't even play there. Uh, Gary Bettman cares about teams being bad. He does not care about teams being good. Yeah, it sucks. Um, <laughs> Columbus deals Michael Hutchinson and a seventh for Jonathan Quick at 50% retained. Fuck you, Vegas. That's all I got to say. I'm Honestly, like that's a hell of a deal for Vegas to give up nothing for a guy who's literally going to have the biggest boner to have. Like, he's got revenge boner coming like it's it's across the red line at center ice. Yeah. Jonathan Quick's revenge boner right now. Like, Vegas putting out LA would be hilarious. Oh God, I need that. I need that first round matchup so bad right now. Yeah, Edmonton decided they weren't done either, so they called Arizona again. 
They they dealt them Kessel Ring and a third for Nick Bustag at 50% retained and Cam Deneen. I like Cam Deneen, the prospect. That's not bad. Bugstad, I don't really know if he's going to gel well with that Oilers team. But you know what? The Oilers, they have no choice. You have to be all in. You have McDavid. McDavid is going to walk in two years, guys. People don't realize this, but McDavid's going to go to a team that's going to give him a chance to win. Or he's going to come home and it'll be hilarious. If Matthews goes to Arizona, McDavid is coming home. And then it'll be martyr to McDavid all the time. I actually think this is a fine little piece of business for Edmonton. He's a good bottom six defensive forward that can chip in some goals. He's also got some size. He was a former first overall pick, like well, not first overall, first round first pick. Um, I I mean, you got him for essentially nothing. Like draft picks mean nothing to the Oilers right now because they can't make them properly anyways. So I actually don't mind that piece of business for them. Yeah, player I thought was going to do super duper well uh, as a Maple Leaf, or I was convinced he would be a Maple Leaf by the deadline. Max Domi and Dylan Wells got dealt to the stars for Anton Hudobin and that 2025 second. So now they're going to start Hudobin, maybe? I, maybe? I don't know. I didn't even think about that possibility. I mean, he's been buried in the AHL for like two years. Like he made a Stanley Cup final and then basically got buried in the AHL. Honestly, Chicago's best chance at Bedard is Peter Mrazek. Uh, As far as trades go, like whatever. Like I don't actually like Domi that much as a player. And I think the only reason he was putting up points in Chicago is because he was playing way higher in the lineup than any actual good team would play him. So the problem is he's a left winger. And Toronto needed one of those, and they didn't get one. I just don't. He's so bad defensively, and I don't need another Domi in Toronto. I'm over it. Yeah, Zach McEwen to the Kings for Brendan Lemieux in a fifth. You, oh, you missed the Red Wings giving Verana away to the Blues. Oh, I did. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Which... Verana was given away at 50% retained because they just don't like him anymore. For That's fine. Dylan McLaughlin and a seventh. I think this is a savvy pickup by a blue team that's going to miss the playoffs. You bring a guy in, you throw him up in the top six, see what happens. And then if you can, you can probably sign him for like next to nothing next year. He was literally one of the best five on five goal scorers over the last three years, period. End of story. Like he was literally top five in five on five goal scoring per 60. He's super underrated. I know he had his issues, but like if this guy clicks for you and in St. Louis and you can sign him for, I don't know, three three years or so for not much money like this is going to pay off well for you yeah uh benino 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 goes back to the penguins in a three-way deal including montreal and san jose nothing really of substance in that deal there's two fifths whatever just more benino um i'm just trying to see if there was any other big deals vlad nemestikov got flipped by the uh the sharks to Uh, we don't even talk about that uh, uh, the the no. Leafs dealt a minor leaguer for a minor leaguer, Dryden Hunt for Radom Zahorna. Uh, Zahorna. Apparently, Zahorna could be some bottom four, uh, bottom six depth. Uh, the only okay, we have two more trades that I actually care about talking about. One we're going to talk about quickly, and that's the Richie brothers being traded for each other, which is hilarious. I really wish one of them would have come out and said, I should have been traded for more. <laughs> you, you know what's crazy too is that whole deals around Tory, uh, Troy Stetcher. 
Probably, but like I don't. Whatever. The Flames are uh, just a nightmare fest right now. Like those. I, I it. Do you think? Okay. The, we're gonna do this quickly hypothetical. Then we're gonna do the next trade, and then we're going out. Um, but if you would have put money before the season on the Flames making the playoffs, the Panthers making the playoffs, or both missing, where would you have put your money? Like both make, both miss, or one or the other? Like you, there's no way you would have ever put it on both miss, right? I would have. It's funny. So this trade broke at my wedding and Kurt actually came up to me and told me about it. He's like, yo, did you hear about Huberdo? I was like, what if I had my phone? <laughs> uh, but like at the same time, I was like, holy shit, really? So like I checked it out and the, like that was a crazy deal. But I did say that night and I maintained it. I didn't think either team was going to make the playoffs. Wow. At that at that point. And then the, the Kadri thing kind of made me think maybe the Flames would do it, but you don't take the heart and soul off your team and trade it for a heart and soul of another team and expect the heartbeat to push the blood the same way doesn't work i was convinced which is part of the reason why i got rid of knight and it's part of the reason like i got rid of barkov i'm convinced that florida is about to be a fucking higher fire i dealt all my flames away too i want no part of either team they suck Paul Maurice getting signed there was one of the worst decisions they've ever made. They 100% should have brought Andrew Burnett back again. Like, that's crazy. Look at the fucking absolute wagon that the New Jersey they, Devils they, are right now. Yeah. But Burnett got into some legal trouble, which they knew about. So, who knows? Yeah, but I guess you didn't expect that to be my answer. But, uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't think either no. team would benefit from it. I thought for sure the Flames would probably make, but they wouldn't be as high up in the lineup. And I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have been shocked if Florida missed Florida to me. So I was talking to Tyler at one point near the trade deadline. And we were talking about like guys we want our teams to acquire or whatever. And I said, low key, the two guys that I kind of wish the Leafs could be in on are Reinhardt and Bennett. And I kind of, I kind of want the flame, like the Panthers to miss the playoffs and then make some bad decisions in the off season. And I would love to see either one of those guys on the Leafs. You knew 150,000% that the, the, the Panthers were going to be asked this year. No Giroux, no Sherratt. You dealt all that capital to get both of those players. You dealt Huberto and Uyghur. That's four people from your playoff roster right there. You dealt Duclair, I believe. No, Duclair was just hurt. He just oh. came back. So, so he hasn't been around, but you dealt four people who are impactful on your playoff run. You have one goalie who's in the player assistance program. You have one goalie who forgets he's a goalie every other year. You, the writing was on the wall and like, don't get me wrong. Mackenzie Weger is a very overrated defenseman. I know you really like him, but like, he's so overrated and he's so exposable and you gave him $8 million for eight years. In Calgary. It's the uh, Sean McIndoe slash down goes Brown, shiny new toy theory. I don't know if you know that one. Uh, all I'm saying is like, he's, he's overrated. That like, Florida got instantly worse dealing those two players. Did they get enough back? No. Kachuk lost his riding mate. Kachuk yep. lost Goudreau. Kachuk's going to have like a hundred point season is statistically by analytics 
factors the second most valuable player other than Connor McDavid this year. Yeah, like and he, what's he's, he's having like an absolute nothing. peak season, and they're still going to miss the fucking playoffs. That's what's crazy. Yeah, they're they're bad. Like they're he's bad. going off this year, and they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Like Paul Paul Maurice, if once he's done in Florida, like he shouldn't have another job again. I think I don't it, think it's Maurice. I think I think this is a classic. The GM did too much in the summer, pissed off a lot of his players. He didn't have a lot of capital, so he did what he thought he was doing best. I like you're not going to be able to talk me out of it because I do believe that this trade was not good from the get go, and Kachuk controlled where he got to go. Okay, great, but you took the heart and soul out of that locker room, and that's irreplaceable. Do either of these teams make the playoffs next year? Calgary does. Ooh, okay. I think Cal- they're the most likely to bounce back. Also, that's what I would say too. Cal- Calgary has too many good pieces, and they're still working on it. Florida just looks like they're about to be in a lot of trouble. Okay, let's get to this last trade and get out of here. Yeah, because I'm tired. I am the tired. Andre Schuster, Nikita uh, Nestorenko. Yep. And a fourth for 50% of John Klingberg. Fine. Perfect. That's no notes. That's whatever. Yeah, that's like, why Kalen Addison was dealt, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not the return I'm sure that the ducks were hoping for when they originally signed Klingberg, but his value absolutely tanked because he was on your team. So that's kind of your own fault. John Klingberg by low candidate of the, the off season. This is, he's going to be absolutely fine in Minnesota and some team is going to sign him for next to nothing next year. And he will be absolutely fine. Yeah. He's going to quarterback a, a power play that needs it. I wouldn't be surprised if he took a million dollars to go to Edmonton next year. I'd like, I, be, I'm not kidding. Yeah, that would be interesting. No, because he tanked Bouchard. Well, I guess I probably won't have him next year, so who knows? Yeah, who cares about next year? That's next year. All right, Sean, this has probably been the longest regular podcast that I have ever done for this podcast, and I'm fine with that. I knew it was going to be super long, so I thank you for sticking it out with me this week. No worries. It was a lot of fun. All right, all you listeners out there, uh, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Later.